Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 153. When you picture subconscious, what do you see? It's, it's not super concrete, so let's dial it in a little bit. So an analogy might be helpful. You, you are about 5 10% conscious in your decision-making, 90 95% unconscious. So if I was going to say, you know, could you think of, of somebody whose judgment you trust a lot, somebody who you think is very shrewd and, and who makes good decisions? I'm sure you could. But then if I was to ask you, would you let this person make 95% of the decisions in your life? Then you'd say probably not. But that's what's happening here. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. And today, I'm very excited to share with you an awesome conversation that I had with Nick Agri and Apex Mind Coaching. Nick is a hypnotherapist, and we talk all about hypnosis and how to use it to reach peak performance, uh, whether it be in business, in life, or as today we're talking about athletics. Nick is an amazing hypnotist, and we talk all about how hypnotism and hypnosis is very similar to guided meditation into self-talk into visualization and he explains how a lot of top performers in the world are using what is called self-hypnosis whether again it be through self-meditation through visualization all this stuff or just in in life in general that we can use this visualization and self-hypnotism to tap into that peak performance and to recreate and mold our inner mind beliefs as the inner mind and the subconscious, which I'm super intrigued in with the flow state and everything beyond that. But um, that is what really builds our external life. And so the more that we are able to tap into that inner mind and that inner belief, the outer version of it will turn into reality. So just an incredible conversation, a ton of fun, and also a bit of a spoiler alert, we do do a a live uh, hypnotism on this show. So if you guys are driving, you might want to pull over while we're listening to that part. Um, But yeah, very intriguing. And please, if you guys follow through the exercise and do find yourself going into a deep uh, state or a deep trance inside the mind, please reach out to me uh, or Nick as well on on his social media at Nicknosis. Um, but reach out and let me know how it worked for you guys, what you felt. And uh, yeah, very excited to share this with you. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Nick Agree with Nicknosis and Apex Mind Coaching. First off, thank you so very much for joining me here on the Art of Awesome podcast. Awesome. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, you are a life coach and business coach, and you talk about how 90% of our behavior is in the unconscious and using the subconscious, Um, and you coach people into peak performance with mind programming through hypnosis. So to me, this sounds super uh, amazing and incredible, and and I'd love to learn a little bit more about what that all entails, as well as kind of how you got into hypnosis in the first place and then how you kind of um, took that and used that into this coaching practice that you've got. Sure. Uh, where would you like to start? Yeah. I mean, I guess let's let's start off with where did you kind of um, discover hypnosis uh, in your own personal life? Yeah. So I've done all kinds of different careers, different industries. And where I wound up as a young man was academia. And yeah, I had a knack for a lot of things, but one thing I was always very good at was school. 
but usually what happens when you get to school is you just do more school. So that's kind of what happened with me. I became a, a professor at a relatively young age. I was a lecturer uh, teaching communications and digital media, and I got into personal development and transformational work. And another big passion of mine was always just public speaking and, and being there in front of people. So I got, I kind of had a lot of this, this struggle growing up, especially in the twenties, people make out your twenties to be like, Oh, this is exciting. This is the best years of your life. But a lot of people, I think at least now it's not always like that. And in my case, the big challenge was what do I want to do when I grow up? And I had absolutely no idea. I can remember they had changed my major a whole bunch of times in college. It, it talked to one of my professors and told him, I don't know what I want to do. And he said, yeah, I, I'm in my forties and I don't really know either. So when I figure it out, I'll let you know, I guess. And I just realized this was a common problem that people had. And the, the other challenge uh, that I was facing was just that my, my mind was always kind of my enemy. And I was a, I was a slave to my mind and had sort of an uphill battle against um you know a lot of these these internal mental challenges and what happened was they kind of reached this point where the the stress and the challenges there built up so much that i would i became willing to do anything and everything to overcome it so when you hit one of those bottoms the the benefit is you have nowhere to go but up from there so that's when i got into things like mindfulness and meditation and looking to to different modalities for you know, for, for relief and, and to grow. And you kind of reach a, a point of inflection where you're no longer just doing this to scrape by and survive, but now you're in a place of being able to thrive and give to others. So regarding hypnosis, this was not a thing that I knew too much about. And I was very cynical and very skeptical about the whole thing. And you thought, well, that's, I don't know, it kind of sounds like bullshit. Maybe it's real, but, um, I don't know. So it was just kind of in the back of my mind, but I had, I had grouped hypnosis with things like, you know, psychics and, you know, like your neighbor who yells about aliens and stuff like <laughs> that. Like that's kind of where it was on my radar uh, as far as like, you know, you know, how serious I, I was. So that all changed in one day, literally from one day to the next. And what happened was this. So I would travel a lot and I'd go to, to conferences. You, you get a stipend from the university uh, research funds essentially that you can spend on your your development to do this do that um you know build a, a computer get textbooks hire a consultant whatever so I, I go to conferences that was my thing and yeah i was living in this really small town in indiana and while it was quite charming i just wanted to get out of there most of the time so i try to you know pick conferences less for their content, honestly, and more for like the location, like, oh, I can go to LA or Miami or Las Vegas, New York. So that, so I kind of do that. And I was in Las Vegas and the, the conference was on is social media marketing. And so they get a lot of these things like, here's how you build your list and here's how you do this. And th there was a late show there. And they said, tonight we have a late show and there's going to be a hypnotist. And I thought that was very left field and that's very strange, you know, but it piqued my interest enough where I'm the type of person to at least say yes. And I almost didn't. And my life would be completely different if I just stayed in the hotel room. But I said, yes, let's check it out. So Nick, I, I go there and there's this very bizarre, you know, just this strange, just man there. I don't know how to describe him. And, and he, He's, you know, an entertainer. This, this is, uh, they're essentially, stage hypnotists is not like hypnotherapists. They're essentially comedians, performers. They're there to make you laugh. Yeah. Um, and I went in there and kind of didn't believe too much in this, but I, I went to volunteer and it started to change because, you, you know, I'm very good at seeing how people behave and sort of what's going on, you know, watching them. And this man was very certain and very confident in what he was doing. So... I went in with the attitude of like, well, this must be an illusion or a trick. So what's the trick exactly? But there's a whole bunch of people lined up, you know, I'm there and he just goes down grabbing people's heads and putting them down one after another. Sleep, sleep, sleep is going down there. And then you see people falling like bowling pins and he's getting close to me. And, I, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, what if this is for real? <laughs> and then he gets close to me and like, you know, he gets, he gets real close to me, kind of looks me up and down. Um, and then he he asked me to go sit back down to the audience because you could tell I was clearly uncomfortable. So it was, it was interesting. I was like, I was like, 
what if this is for real? I don't know. So I was like, maybe I better just watch. So he he made the decision of that I to, to send me back to my seat and I got to just watch it because I wanted to experience it and see what it was. Now, as you're watching this, you know, the, the hypnotist giving commands to people of, you know, do this, believe that, whatever. And the big thing that we wonder, because, you know, I, I, I'm curious, what is what is your experience? Do you think that this is, is real? Are you skeptical? Like before I dive in further, I'm just curious, where, where do you lie with all of this? So I have a very similar story to yours where uh, just really intrigued in um, essentially self-development and peak performance and all that kind of stuff. And so I've actually researched uh hypnosis and hypnotherapy a little bit. I've actually, I've just finished reading um, Jose Silva's book on mind control, which really dives into the, a lot of that similar, similar type stuff. Um, I've actually brought on a, another um, hypnotist onto the show in the past. And so uh, I definitely very open to the whole aspect. I understand how uh, the subconscious mind works a little Well, I mean, I know of it. I wouldn't say I, I, I'm an expert in, in the subconscious mind at all, but um but I find it very similar to uh, a lot of flow states. So I'm a professional athlete and, and that's where I have a lot of my experiences is through peak performance in sports and athletics. Um, but I, I relate a lot of it to, um, at least the subconscious mind anyway, to kind of falling into that, um, that flow state and, and where essentially the subconscious mind can take over and, and in, in certain athletics anyway, you get into that, you know, ultimate peak performance. But as far as hypnosis goes, um, I understand the basics of it. I've definitely done some research and very intrigued by it and essentially just trying to understand how, how other people, uh, work with it. And, and I'm very intrigued on how you deal with it, uh, as far as, you know, your, your coaching and, uh, in relates to, to business as well. So yeah, sorry to, that's kind of my basis on it, but I'd love to hear more uh, deep dive on your end. Okay, great. So it is kind of check, check, checking your temperature there. And yeah, you're way more open than a lot of people. So you're familiar with yeah, Silva method. Sounds like you've had another uh, hypnotist. So that's great. Um, we'll talk about mental rehearsal in athletics and performance later. So back, back to the story, you know, people lie on a different spectrum of the, you know, where they think. And I was kind of way more towards the skeptical side of this and didn't really even know hardly anything. So in any case, I'm watching and it's kind of changing. My, my perspective is changing throughout the show. And the, the hypnotist is giving some commands such as uh, you're going to, you're playing in an orchestra and you're going to grab your invisible instrument and start playing it. And so people are, are pantomiming, you know, playing an instrument or something. And you start to think, well, what if they're all just playing along? What if everyone's just kind of, you know, acting because they don't want to hurt the guy's feelings or because they just want to, you know, go with, with this. So that's kind of where my mind is, but you notice something's peculiar about the motor movements of these people when they're hypnotized. It's kind of a jerky movement and you see in the face, there's a very ironed out expressionless look that you don't see a lot in a fully conscious human being. So that's the first thing that I kind of become, you know, keen on there. That's a little bit different, I wonder. And, um, you know, so the people are playing, playing along possibly, but I'm not, I'm not sure yet. And where I started to really become more of a believer was one of the suggestions he gave was uh, he gives everyone a number, one, two, three, four, five, all the way down big grove people. And these are not like, these are all just small business owners, essentially. They're just kind of ordinary folks here. And he says, okay, next time that you, that you guys open your eyes, odd numbers, you are watching the saddest movie you've ever seen, the most tragic film ever. You, you can't believe how sad it is. Even numbers, you're watching the most hysterically funny thing you've ever seen in your life. And, you know, spoilers, there's no movie. These people are fully hallucinating now. They're, they're so immersed in the trance. So when you wake up and you, they all, they all wake up and they're laughing hysterically or like, you know, crying and you're seeing grown men, you know, like taking off their glasses, wiping tears away, just crying. And, and I start to wonder, like, I don't think they're acting like that seems very hard to produce tears or like genuine laughter on command like that. You know, if I was just there playing along, could I just start crying at nothing because someone told me to, 
And I'm just like, that's very uncanny, you know, because I'm just like, like, I don't think you can fake that. And I think what really put the nail in the coffin for me was this. So he's, you know, he's messing with people and it's, it's an entertainment show. And so it's, there's a lot of shock value here, of course. And this is in Las Vegas where it's more kind of the, the norm to, to do is par for the course to be a little bit outlandish. Yeah. So there's a gentleman there who's hypnotized and his, his girl's in the audience. And so the hypnotist, this guy's completely knocked out. He's like a pile, like in the chair. He's, he's completely, absolutely no tension in his body, very deeply immersed in the trance. So the hypnotist approaches this girl and says, is this your, is this your husband? And she says, no, it's my boyfriend. And he says, oh, okay. How long have you guys been together for? And she says, four years. And he says, okay, that's a pretty long time. How come he hasn't asked you the big question yet? She goes, I don't know, just the timing, the money or this or that. And he goes, hmm, Okay. Do you want me to fix this for you? I'll fix this right now for you, sweetie. And she goes, are you serious? Oh my God, yes. And I'm just there watching like, what? There's no way that this is happening, that this is going to happen. You can't just. So, so anyways, the hypnotist walks over to the guy and he puts his hand on him. He says something. And the guy just springs up like a board and just addresses the entire you know room with this, this thing. And he's kind of like slurring his words a, a bit. He's kind of like sleepwalking. And he, tur- he, you know, turns to the girl and says, whatever her name is, I, I love you. I've always loved you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you marry me? And, and she's like, she's crying. She's beat red. Never seen anyone this happy before in my life. And she says, yes. And everyone's clapping and cheering. And I'm just sitting there like, what the f- is going on? So I've never seen, you know, imagine earlier in the day, you don't think this is real. And then by the <laughs> you're seeing this go. So I, I saw all of this. I'm in disbelief. I did not sleep that night. I just, I was like thinking about this and like, did that really happen? I'm like questioning my experience. And I got, I just got pulled into this thing, like a black hole, like a portal to another dimension. Nick just pulled me in there and I, I became obsessed. And the great thing about being a, a professor is the flexibility of the schedule. You know, I could teach for eight or 10 hours and then you know, study hypnosis for three, four, five, six hours. And I I did this and, um, you know, got certified and, and did a lot of distance learning, remote learning, uh, practicum, hypnotherapy practice. And it grew from like, you know, a hobby and interest to a part-time thing to, um, a a bigger practice. And so where, where I kind of transition more into mental performance is that it can be difficult to sustain yourself on a living from hypnotherapy alone, because here's the, here's the main thing that's challenging about our work is the better you are as a hypnotist, the more you sometimes get punished for it. And here's what I mean is if I'm a a psychotherapist or a counselor or something that nothing wrong with those professions, they're, they're very helpful and they serve a great purpose, but you can be unpacking a certain issue for, you know, years and years. And you kind of have this standing appointment as you're doing the talk therapy, but with hypnotherapy, it's like, you want to quit smoking. That's one session, maybe two. You have a lifelong fear of phobia. That's one session, maybe two for, with some exceptions. So a lot of the times you see, you just come in and out. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And your client base has to constantly be renewed. So what I found was just by by nature of who I am, people I worked with was I was attracting a lot of entrepreneurs and they have a lot of, you know, imposter syndrome, burnout, anxiety, depression, uncertainty, a lot of very common recurring issues where they need to really stay on top of, of their performance mentally. And they'd be more into kind of a, a higher ticket program or a coaching arrangement or, or more of a recurring kind of scenario. So that's where I, that's how I got my start in all of this. Wow. That is, that is super cool. And there's a lot in there that, that I'd love to unpack because you talk about your original first experience with with hypnosis and and seeing this um, stage performance in Las Vegas. I think that's probably what most people think of when they hear the term hypnosis. I remember the first time I saw it was at like um, 
a county fair. I think I was like, I don't know, six or eight, super young, right? Uh, and it was the same thing, like obviously not a Las Vegas performance, but it was like a, a guy up on stage brought people on and hypnotized them. And I think he had them walking around like chickens or something like that. Um, so what, it, I guess, first off, do you, is there a difference between um, like a stage performance uh, hypnosis or um, versus like hypnotherapy that, that maybe you would, would be doing with, uh, with coaching clients or people that have like, um, I don't know, some sort of fear or different things like that. Oh yes, there is. So there's, there's many different ways you could employ hypnosis. And I'd say probably the biggest single difference would be our insurance policies, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is to say, uh, you know, if you're doing hypnotherapy, uh, you get a relatively cheap policy for a couple hundred bucks a year that that covers you. And you're very, very, very unlikely to ever have an issue unless you're doing something, you know, wildly inappropriate or or something completely short. So you'd have to basically try to get yourself in trouble with that. Right. Whereas with this, this stage show, um, you know, if someone walks off the stage wrong or you do something that's, you know, uh, sexual content or something that that's, you know, explicit, that could be, you know, cause an issue there, or someone has a trauma you're not aware of that, that causes that something to surface, or there's all kinds of things that, um, that could happen there. It's, it's not necessarily to be thought of as dangerous, just that it's a very different consideration. So I'll break down what are the, the applications here. So you've got stage hypnosis, and these are essentially performers first, hypnotist second. So meaning if you, you could, you could be a really, really, really good hypnotist, but if you don't have the stage persona and presence to run the show, to be, uh, you know, quick witted, entertaining, to, to kind of, yeah, be, be the, the, the master of ceremony, then that's not going to take you real far. So it's like 80, 90% being a performer and 10, 20% being a hypnotist. Hypnotherapy is more your, you've got the clinical side of this, which is like quit smoking, lose weight, fierce phobias, all that. You've got um, public speaking. So a lot of really exceptional speakers uh, have some kind of hypnosis or NLP, uh, neuro-linguistic programming certification, where it helps them to be communicators and to kind of get the crowd into a state of immersion. Uh, Tony Robbins does this, for example. A lot of great speakers do this. And then you've got the the coaching and and consulting aspect where you're you're using hypnosis to solve business related problems in people. So I'd say those are the big avenues that you can take. And um, yeah, they they all look very very different. So it's less about the tool. Like, <clears throat> you know, if I've got a hammer and some nails, I can build anything with that. So the hypnosis is just a tool. It's more about what outcome do you create for this performance. And there's all kinds of avenues. So a few interesting ones is like people sometimes have specialties. Um, There's a, there's guy, Steve Woods, who's doing hypnosis for golf. And all he he does, I'm pretty sure is just helping people with mental performance for golf. Uh, There's people who do hypno birthing, who do um, uh, fertility coaching for, for women trying to get pregnant, for example, using hypnosis. So all Mm -hmm. kinds of different hyper-specific niches. And, you know, I'm wondering as, uh, as we're speaking here, I'm wondering if there's a, a kayaking hypnotist out there somewhere who, uh, you know, d- who did, d- who does these sports, um, I don't know. if there is, I don't, I don't know who that would <laughs> not, be, but. not that I'm aware of, but that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, so obviously again, from my brief understanding of, of hypnosis, um, and hypnotherapy, you're, you're really trying to tap into the subconscious part of the mind, correct. Um, and, and figure out, whatever mental block or, or whatever problem is arising in, in the mind and then fix it from the root problem versus, you know, the external, um, physical being type thing. So h- how do we, you talk a lot about like peak performance and, and using hypnosis, uh, to perform peak per- performance and, and, you know, be at our best. How can we as maybe as an athlete or as an entrepreneur or a businessman, how can I, use hypnosis and, and really, um, reach that if I'm not even certain what my mental blocks necessarily are. Sure. So I'll give you a couple of techniques that are simple that anyone can apply today immediately to start seeing these changes. Uh, but before I do that, they'd like to just kind of explain how the subconscious works. It's very abstract, right? Like, what does that even mean? What does that, what does that look like? when you picture subconscious, what do you see? It's, it's not super concrete. So let's dial it in a little bit. So an analogy might be helpful. You, you are 
about five, 10% conscious in your decision-making, 90, 95% unconscious. So if I was going to say, you know, could you think of, of somebody whose judgment you trust a lot, somebody who you think is very shrewd and, and who makes good decisions. I'm sure you could. But then if I was to ask you, would you let this person make 95% of the decisions in your life? Then you'd say probably not. But that's what's happening here. So the reason, first and foremost, that we do this is we have to. We have so many things we have to keep track of. Imagine that you want to go drive your car. Compare the first time that you learned to drive a car versus the, uh, you know, after doing a thousand times. So you manually unlock the door, pull the door handle, sit in, close the door, put the keys in the ignition, turn, put the seatbelt, change the gear. But you you don't have the mental capacity or the bandwidth to keep doing that, right? You have to automate. You can't manually blink your eyes and breathe for your whole life. So we, we have to automate through the subconscious. The problem is that we start to form patterns and that there's a lot of patterns and belief system that are baked in there from sometimes decades ago that are beliefs about ourselves that are still running the show about what's possible and what's not possible. So the analogy that I'll give you is this. Imagine that you are an actor. You are the greatest actor of all time. You can do comedy, romance, drama, action, anything. And you are given a script. This is your life script. And it says who you are, how you behave and what you do and don't do, how your character talks, what they believe, this, this detailed character profile. And we act out our character every single day, unconsciously. So if you've seen the first four seasons of Breaking Bad, but you haven't seen the fifth, well, you have an idea of how the character Walter White behaves in the first four seasons. So you don't suddenly expect him to become this nice cuddly guy in season five, right? There's, there's a circle of expectations of what's possible there. So, so you're acting this out constantly, whoever you believe that you are in your subconscious. Um, most of the behavior that you do today was decided last night while you were asleep. So we, we're going in these predictive cycles overnight. So then the question is, well, how do you change this? To your point, what do you start doing to change this? So I'd say here's the, the belief change that I want people to take is the good news is you're not only the actor, you're also the director. And you can rewrite the script every single day. So you get a sense of who this character is. And based on your goal, the character that you're at right now doesn't do that goal. Something has to change. What is it? So to get from point A to point B, so let's use income as, as an example, if someone wants to double their income, well, when you look at the version of you that has twice the income, what is different about him or her? What is different? Do they get up at a different time? Are they more assertive? Do they charge more money? Do they have more clients, fewer clients, different job? What, what's different about it? And it might just be the way they think or their belief system. So now that you have kind of the character that's going to be in the future, imagine that this is the next season of this show, let's say, or it's the sequel to this movie and you're going to have this new character. So you start rewriting it. And to bring this back to more of the concrete day-to-day -day tasks, what does this look like? I could give you a few methods. Number one would be visualization. And I'm sure you're familiar with this. So there's a part of us that cannot discern between what is vividly imagined and what is real. So those people who make a regular practice of visualizing, say five minutes a day for 30 days, you will see improvements. So never mind the details of how you get there. And I, I'm not sure exactly what would be the goals in, you know, if you're doing uh, kayaking or adventure sports, but let's say I want to go rock climbing and like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm terrified of, like actually doing the rock climbing in, in this place. And I've only done it indoor gyms. So it's kind of scary, right? So maybe I visualize myself at the top of that, that um, peak or, or I see myself doing it fearless, breathing, moving along, making it more vivid and hearing the sounds of the tool. I'm, I'm feeling the sun on me. I'm getting more vivid, more vivid, more vivid each time. It's like you're there. And what happens now is those predictive cycles that I mentioned while you're sleeping is now including those visualizations as, hey, maybe the character does this now. 
he seems to be spending an awful lot of time visualizing this outcome. I know it's important. Now it gets thrown in there. And now the subconscious can't tell the difference between who you've been all this time and who you're visualizing. And you're putting such importance and such faith in that, in that vision that starts to become a reality that all of a sudden your movements, your words, your thoughts, your language on a day-to-day basis are now different for having visualized. So that is self-hypnosis. The other really cool low-hanging fruit that our listeners can do immediately is what I'd call passive absorption or passive repetition. So advertising does this to us nonstop. There's all these, these commercial jingles that get lodged in your head just through repetition. Is through what I call uh, the law of repetition. The law of repetition says that repeating an idea makes it more powerful. The law of repetition says that repeating an idea makes it more powerful. The law of repetition says that repeating an idea makes it more powerful. So commercials do this all the time to get lodged in your brain. So do it to yourself. And it's really simple. You get out a recording program on on your, your mobile phone. You record your goals in the first person as if they've already happened. Let's say I make $20,000 a month. I am the number one highest paid speaker or whatever is the, whatever your goal is. You say it with great conviction as if it's already happened and you speak that out for about a five minute track and you listen to this on repeat. And here's the beauty. You don't even have to pay attention to it. You can do this while you're driving your car, while you're uh, walking to class, while you're working out, and it just gets repeated ad nauseum, the same way that a a commercial does, and it starts to get lodged in there, and it becomes part of that life script that you now have suggested the outcome as a reality to yourself so many times that part of you doesn't really know, doesn't remember, you know, what, what, what have we been doing, and then who are we now? Wow. <clears throat> so that makes perfect sense to me. And I guess, is there a big difference between writing it out versus hearing it? I'm assuming hearing it because it just gets more and more repetition where writing it, you're like physically having to do it. That's a great question. So, so writing versus hearing, um, I'd say you can do either or, or both and there's advantages to both. The The audio one is cool because you can be doing this while you're doing other stuff. You can fall asleep to it. So that's one right. advantage. Um, with the writing, what's cool about there is writing versus let's say typing it is so much more, I don't, I don't know what's the word escapes me. It's a motor movement, what we call idiomotor movement which is that the thoughts and feelings and and things that you have in your mind influence your handwriting and vice versa. And I used to think that the handwriting thing was kind of, um, I wondered if this was like a pseudoscience or is really, no, it's very, very real. It's very, very real. So when you write things out, you know, you, you can, you can test this if you guys don't, don't believe me is, you know, let's say you write down your income, say you make $5,000 a month, write this down. I make $20,000 a month. I make $10,000 a month. I make $5,000. I make $4,000, $3,000, $2,000. And, and look at the handwriting. It's different for the mm-hmm. one that's actually the truth. And it changes. And you're going to notice differences in the slant of the character, in the way that you don't open or close, like a, the letter O or, or lowercase d or, or things like that. You, you'll see it there. It's remarkable um, that your, your subconscious knows whether you're being real or not as you do this. So what you do is you find you match the the desired outcome to your your actual handwriting as if it's natural, um, as if it's just a thing that you do, as if you were writing down your name, right? Something so simple, so obvious. And when you repeat it, that motor movement gets lodged in your subconscious. So there is a great value in writing it. The long answer to your simple question. No, no, that's perfect. I, I, I like the idea of maybe doing both. I've been journaling a whole bunch and uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to add in the the um, audio part and, and start just like having that in when I'm doing other things or going to sleep or something like that and and doing the, the repetition version. So I so we've been talking about like self hypnosis or self improvement, I guess, so kind of explain obviously with with you know, doing a coaching hypnosis and having someone putting you under hypnotherapy, 
the idea is that you can go straight to that problem immediately and have someone help like walk you through it while you're in that um, that beta state. Is that is that correct? Or so if you're you're are you talking about like removing a, a subconscious block, a mental block, something like that? Yeah, something like something like that. For example, yeah. You give me an example. Yeah, we'll we'll start with it with a block. Yeah. So, sure. So let's say take for example fear of public speaking is this is a very common one that I do. So there's a conditioning process that people undergo, which is to say that this is a muscle. And in our society, what most people are doing is practicing the muscle of exertion. You hear a lot in the language in our value system, grind, hustle, put your nose to the grind. So work like a dog 24, seven, 365, you know, it, it's so there's a lot of like effort and exertion there. And of course it has merit, but the flip side of this is we don't teach people relaxation hmm. and it's arguably just as important. And the thing is that when you're in the, the aroused states of, you know, beta or alpha in your, in your day to day kind of uh, life here, if, whether that's your, your high arousal stress state, or you're in kind of a, a problem solving mode, you want to get down into, let's say theta, which is where you're awake but there, your attention's a little bit more um, dialed into the hypnotists. Your everyday problems and persona and reality is kind of pushed to the background, and you have a greater degree of openness and hyper suggestibility. You're so in tune and synchronized with the with the hypnotist that your subconscious just takes in whatever it's fed at that moment. So back to public speaking. So if you have this, this fear, a lot of people will be asking, well, you know, why is that? And what's the origin? And it's this thing that happened to me when I was 10 years old or the kids laughed at me or what it's not always relevant. It's good to know it's helpful data, but I'm, I tend to be more uh, future oriented and I'm a behaviorist. So I'm not usually sitting here asking people, tell me about your father. Tell me what was your childhood? You know, sometimes it's, it's not usually that all that relevant to tell you the truth. So we get them in there to that state. And once they're sufficiently relaxed, then we can deliver the suggestions of see yourself there. You're on stage. Notice what are you wearing? What do you see? Make it vivid, make it real. Step into that right now. Look around the room. How many people is it? 40? Is it 50? Is it 100? See yourself like you're watching this tape. Like it's already happening right now. You're seeing yourself performing effortlessly. Every single word just comes to you, speaking with certainty and conviction. So you'd be samples of some of the language that I might be giving to a person when they're very deeply relaxed. And then it gets more vivid. And usually there's, there's a repetition process where you might have to do this a couple of times, or you might do it on a regular basis. For some people, I'll, I'll record them a track that they can listen to. So if they have that speech, they can, you know, listen to this, say 15 minute audio to relax them and to see them, their body will react as if they've just given a successful speech before they go to give it. So now all of their physiology is primed for that success. That'd be a, that'd be a sample of what, what a therapy might look like to get that outcome. Gotcha. What about, so and I'm just very intrigued by this whole thing. And I'm, and I'm starting to wonder like, okay, can you hypnotize someone into, for instance, like winning a world championships or hypnotize them into doubling their income or something like that? Like, is that something that you can actually do via hypnosis? Yes. And I would argue that all the people who get those outcomes did it because they self-hypnotized or because they, they visualized it. And I'll give you a simple example of this because not exactly hypnosis. So are you familiar, Nick, with the four minute mile, Roger Bannister? I am. Yes. And that story. Correct. So you can kind of see where, where I'm going with this is there's a belief system that if I don't believe it's possible for a human being to run a mile in four minutes, then I'm sure as hell not going to do it. But the moment that somebody else does it, there's an energetic shift. Something has changed all of a sudden where people say, well, if he can do it, I think I could do it too. And then they start to think and then they start to ask different questions. You know, what should my training regimen look like? What is my life going to be like after I run this four minute mile? And that's just the analogy. So yeah, you're talking about world championships. You're talking about 
um, elite level performance, doubling income. Yeah, absolutely. Is that the moment that you believe not only that it is possible, but that you certainly will do it. And it's only a question of how and how long, then that's when you get the outcome. Wow. This is all a game of belief. I, I, I love how you explain that. And I love how you say that anybody who has probably already had those outcomes have done that, whether it be through self-hypnosis, because I've, I've obviously never thought of it as self-hypnosis, but I've, I've visualized a ton. And I, uh, several years back, I, I won the world championships and, and I was like religiously um, kind of like meditating, but also visualizing. So it was like a, this meditative visualization. And so it makes perfect sense. Again, I never up until now have thought of that as help uh, self-hypnosis, but uh, it's amazing how you think of, of, of that and, and how you kind of word it that way. Um, I was also wondering, is so is there a way, I, I, again, I, the whole the whole part of how this is really just comes down to belief and self-belief into all of these answers. So whatever you want to be hypnotized into solving, it, it comes down to like getting to the root problem of self-belief of fixing that problem. Um, can you do some sort of uh, hypnosis over over Zoom like this? Is that even possible, or does it have to be like in person? Or how how does that even work? Just as a as a side note for anybody wondering, like with your coaching classes, like do you have to be in person? Can you do it over the phone? Any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, the vast majority is done over Zoom nowadays, and it, it's for a couple reasons. One is, um, although I live here in Austin, it's a pretty big city. I've got people all over US, Canada, and some in a couple of other countries. So you, yeah, it's, we do it over Zoom. And the the other thing is that the overhead for hypnotherapy, like a lot of people are kind of new in their practice and they don't want to pay for an office. They don't need one, especially in times of COVID. So a lot, not only hypnotherapists, but a lot of other like counselors and, and, you know, psychotherapists and stuff are, are moving online for that reason. Mm -hmm. They don't want to pay you know, thousand dollars a month or whatever for it to, to rent this, this office. So, um, the way it works is at the end of the day, here's the secret is all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And if you're able to hear the, the hypnotist voice, then you can be conditioned and successfully hypnotized. And this is the same way that, um, you know, th- again, think about the television commercial and how we get conditioned through, uh, hearing the, that theme song so many times even though we weren't there to hear it live, right? We don't have to hear the commercial jingle live for it to get internalized. So as long as you can hear the person clearly and you've got a good internet connection, you're good to go. That's awesome. Um, okay. Would it be possible for you to hypnotize the the audience then? Is that something that you can do over a podcast? Sure. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm down to do that. I've done it a couple of times. Um, yeah, I can do a, a quick relaxation exercise to give people a little sample. Totally fine with that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay. So uh, then in in that case, I'm going to go ahead and say this would be highly appropriate of um, those of you who are driving, riding a bicycle, moped, anything like that. You're going to want to pause this thing and, and not do this part while you're uh, driving, operating machinery, anything like that. Great. So now that... Um, Everyone's comfortably seated. You guys can do this sitting and do this lying. Like you guys to begin with your eyes open. And I'm just going to kind of narrate a little bit what's going on. So this would be a very simple sample. So the first thing that you guys can do, those who want to follow along, is you're going to shift your eyes above eye level as if you're rolling them back in your head, as if you're trying to look at your own eyebrows. And as you do that, you may or may not decide to fixate on a spot or a point and lock your attention into it. Now that your mind is fixated on that point with your eyes rolled up, continue comfortably breathing. For some people, there's a tendency to notice the eyes going in and out of focus. For some people, heaviness. Sometimes eyes begin blinking, blurring. And guys, just allow the eyes to get a little heavier and a little lazier with each and every blink. In a moment here, I'm going to say the word sleep, and you won't actually sleep, but it's simply a cue for you to close your eyes and relax your body. So I count backwards from three to one, just gently closing down the eyes with three, two, one, allowing yourself to sleep, dropping quickly 
calmly and deeply into an amazing state of relaxation and focus, each time deeper than the last. Again, every time I say that word sleep, allowing you to drop quicker and faster. That's it. Take a nice deep breath now. Exhale slowly. And I would ask your conscious mind, do you think it's entirely possible that you could get more deeply relaxed with every word that I speak? More deeply relaxed with every beat of your heart? More deeply relaxed with every single breath? Inhaling calm, exhaling tension. You feel the body start to loosen, become a little heavier now. You're just going to allow a wave of calm and relaxation to move down over the entire body. And this is what we call a progressive relaxation. Some people like to visualize a healing light. I'm going to start at the top of your head. Let's imagine this wave of relaxation as it moves down over the scalp and the forehead. It's removing anything from the body and mind that isn't helpful any limitations, any fear, any pain, just letting that go. Imagining the eyes so heavy, they just don't want to open. The face relaxes, the jaw relaxes, the lips might part slightly. As you go a little deeper now, that calm moves through the neck and shoulders, down through the arms, all the way down to the tips of the fingers. Heavy, loose, limp, relaxed, calm, and comfortable. That's it. You are concentrating beautifully. Allow every subsequent breath to relax you deeper. As the calm moves through the chest and the stomach. And down the spine. Every muscle, nerve, and fiber. Letting go. The calm moving down through the midsection and legs, knees, heels, toes, feet. As a matter of fact, it's as if all of the tension in your body is just pouring out the bottoms of your feet like grains of sand, draining out. That's it. Now allow yourself to go a little deeper and a little deeper. Good. And I'm just going to simply count backwards from five to one. With each and every count, allowing yourself to get twice as deeply relaxed. With five, the deeper you go, the more you relax. The more you relax, the deeper you go. Four, feeling any problems, worries, concerns, so distant, so far away. That's it. Three, Loose, comfortable, dropping even further now to one and zero is deep sleep. I want you now to think of a goal that you have. Something that you really want to manifest or make a reality. And just for the here and now, we're not going to worry about how does that work? And is that possible? Can I afford this? How long is it? Don't worry about all that. Just decide in this moment to have a larger than life imagination, childlike even. That's it. And see that goal. I want you now to see what you would see. Hear what you would hear and feel what you would feel if that goal is already a reality, that's it. In the moment here, I'm going to count from one to 10. With every count, you're going to become more awake, alert, and aware, but also every count is going to reinforce that image and that goal for you. It's going to make it more real, more vivid as you feel the motivation getting more powerful 
and more real with every count with one, letting these suggestions that serve you sink deep within the subconscious to benefit you the most too. Three, feeling that motivation, confident, powerful, composed. Four, five, starting to gain awareness, waking back up. Six, seven, powerful, more motivated. Eight, nine, and 10, eyes open, wide awake, completely unstoppable. Any and all challenges you encounter will only motivate you further. And wow. now that our audience is highly suggestible, you should tell them to give you five stars or whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's go for a five-star rating review for sure. Wow, that was that was amazing, Nick. Um, yeah, I, I could fully feel how you're really able to tap into the subconscious there by going into that re relaxed uh, state and essentially just the auto suggestion that I think maybe that we're missing and having someone kind of help guide you through that auto suggestion in that relaxed state can be extremely beneficial for sure. Um, this has been a phenomenal interview, Nick, and, and I've absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to move us on though, to the second part of the show, what I call the fire round. And I'm going to fire a couple quick questions off at you, if you don't mind. Though before we continue with the show, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at the pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noon Weight users finish the program and more than 60% of users that engage with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. So start building habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Now let's get back to the fire round. Um, Nick, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Hmm. One that's very, very near and dear to me, uh, Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I want to be clear, um, quick, quick uh, disclaimer, I do not support all of Henry Ford's um, beliefs and everything that he did and said. I just like this one quote, okay? Um, whether you think you can or you think you can, you're right. And that's the name of the game and what I do. Wow, that's so true. And it really just speaks to how everything that we want really kind of begins in the mind. Um, do you by chance have a favorite book or recent book that you might be reading? Mm, all kinds of them, but I'd say one that, that comes to mind is extremely relevant to our talk here would be uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And in his, he's, a, he's a doctor, and in his books, he talks about guided meditations, these forms of visualization that I consider hypnosis, but... I believe he uses the word meditation to make it more accessible to people. And this is a really good way of, um, if you want to dig deeper into what does it look like to rewrite that story of you and who this person is, breaking the habit of being yourself is a really good place to start with it. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. I've read a couple of his books in the past, um, but I haven't read that one. So I'll check that out. And it also reminds me just how you said that, uh, that Dr. Joe Dispenza uses the term guided meditation versus hypnosis and and even how you were talking about how visualization is is um self hypnosis it got me thinking of a book called thinking body dancing mind which really has a lot of this guided meditation and uh self hypnosis and and visualization uh specifically for 
sports psychology. Um, and if you haven't checked that out, uh, check it out called thinking body, dancing mind. Thinking body, dancing mind. Okay. Yeah, I just you might, might do that. You might enjoy it. Um, Nick, what might be a lesson that you have learned recently, whether it be through mistake or through a success? Hmm. Always take yes for an answer. Don't make things harder than they have to be. Uh, when things are easy, just let them be easy because we all have a tendency to make shit way harder than it has to be to put unnecessary rules and pressures on our, on ourselves. When things can just be an easy yes or, or an easy path forward, just let it be easy. I love that. I love that. Let it be easy. Um, this is one of my, my favorite questions of the day. If everything that you've done up to now, all of your lectures, all of your talks, all your social media, everything um, was to go away with you and all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could write down three truths, three things that you believe to be true that you would like to share with the world, what might those three truths be? Hmm, what might those three truths be? Hmm. First thing I would say is that vision is reality. So whatever you see, whatever you think, whatever you believe is going to turn into reality. So your internal reality creates your external reality. That is, that's would be one of the biggest truths that I want people to, to know. The second one would be nothing changes until energy moves. And this is a quote that, um, you know, one of my mentors uh, shared with me is he's an energy worker, energy master. And that means that sometimes you can't think your way out of a problem. There's a lot of things like, for example, when people are depressed or anxious, you're not going to think your way out of it. You have to change energy. You have to make decisions. You have to move. You have to do something that's going to, um, that's going to move you forward. And with that, uh, that, that could probably move us into the third, which is um, imperfect action is better than perfect procrastination. Imperfect action is better than perfect procrastination. This means a lot of people have a tendency to want to research analyze, um, do all these things before they get started. So yeah, I'm the type of person who, you know, I'd want to read seven books on kayaking before I actually get in the damn boat. But like at some point you have to just go in there and do it. And sometimes you have to fall on your face and whatever you do, I guarantee you at some point or another, you will fail. And that's the best part. And there, and there's no way around it. So just get used to it and make that part of the path. I love that. That is such great advice. And thank you so very much for sharing it, uh, Nick. Some incredible wisdom, insight on hypnosis, self-hypnosis, guided meditation, visualization, all of this stuff. Um, and I have gained just a wealth of knowledge and value from, from this uh, conversation with you. Something that I also try to do as much as I can, Nick, is provide as much value as I can, um, being that I gained so much from you. So what might be something that you currently are focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Hmm conversations and introductions. So the question for you, Nick, would be, who do you know that really needs to hear my message here today? Who do you know that, that you think of could really benefit from the mind coaching? Who do you know that you think, oh, this person needs, needs to be hypnotized? They, I got to introduce them to Nick. That would be, that would be um, the biggest thing that you could do for me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will put on my thinking cap and, uh, and I will send over a list, uh, of introductions for you. Um, final question. Actually, I guess I got two, two more questions for you, but, um, for anybody out there that would like to learn more about what you're doing about this, uh, Nicknosis that you, that you do on your social media and just kind of follow along your journey, what might be one of the best ways for people to reach out or connect with you? 
Uh, one is through my website. So if you guys head to apexmindcoaching.com, that's A-P-E-X mindcoaching.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Nick Gnosis. That's N-I-C-N-O-S-I-S at Nick Gnosis, N-I-C-N-O-S-I-S. And whether you believe in this stuff or not, even if you're skeptical, then I really want to talk to you. So please drop me a line. Awesome. Well, there you guys have it. Go check out uh, Nick Gnosis on social media or Apex. What was it? Apex Mind? Apexmindcoaching.com. Apexmindcoaching.com. So check out Nick's website. Check him out on social media. And uh, if you guys are still skeptic, um, maybe it's worth uh, reaching out and connecting with him because I think, I think Nick has a lot of value to bring to each and every one of us. Final question of the day for you, Nick, is what is your definition of awesome? What is my definition of awesome? Wow. You're, this is probably the first question I've ever got that stumped me in this way. I would say um, a person is awesome when they're fully being themselves. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. And I love that. Nick, I have, again, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I very much enjoyed getting hypnotized. I'm still somewhat kind of like in a bit of a dream state over the whole thing, to be completely honest. I'm looking at my questions, trying to answer or ask them, and I'm like stumbling upon my words because I, I still a little bit tripped up in my mind. But uh, this has been a ton of fun. Again, thank you for all the value that you have brought me, that you've brought all of my listeners. For anybody out there listening, if you guys did get as much value as I did, please reach out to Nick on his website, on his social media, or share this out with someone that you think might need to hear this uh, conversation, someone that you think that might need to... um, learn about self-hypnosis, about hypnosis, about visualization, and yeah, maybe reach out to Nick as well. So again, thank you guys so very much for listening, for tuning in. And as Nick had said earlier, if you did get uh, value, especially if you guys uh, were able to get something out of the the hypnosis uh, itself, please, if you guys could leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app that you might be listening, that would be greatly appreciated. As always, thank you guys, and I am Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.